Can you recall a time where you played the blame game? You know, where something goes awry and no one wants to take responsibility for the cause? Let the circus ensue. We all find ourselves in, but you started it situations. And rarely do we walk away proud of these moments. And don't think that this fades with age. All age groups are guilty of absolving themselves of blame while looking around them for a culprit. It doesn't feel good when the finger is pointed at us and pointing the finger elsewhere rarely helps matters. So what are we to do in these types of situations? Today, we're going to learn about the fast double sorry method for putting an end to the blame game and instead resolving conflict gracefully. Let's get into it. What is up, Explorers? Mary Daphne here of Explorning.co, where we believe social skills are the key to the good life. What's the good life? It's where you call the shots, you have a crew you can count on, and you're on a mission you care about. Before I jump in, I encourage you to check out our comprehensive small talk guide. Click the link in the description box below to get the free downloadable delivered straight to your inbox. We all know that feeling of rising anger. One person accuses the other, the other denies it and points the accusation back to the first person. This is a surefire recipe for a shouting match. Fortunately, we have the fast double sorry method to save the day. And when deployed correctly, it acts like its name suggests. Fast. This method was popularized in a book co-authored by organizational psychology professor Adam Grant and Facebook executive Sheryl Sandberg called Option B, Facing Adversity, Building Resilience, and Finding Joy. It is purpose-built for de-escalating blame game situations, which are notoriously difficult to resolve. How does it work? Well, let's go through it step by step. Step one, begin with an apology. So to begin, both sides need to immediately stop whatever it is they are doing and apologize to each other. This seems like a strange place to start. After all, aren't we blaming the other person? Why are we apologizing when it's they who should be apologizing? Well, that's actually the point. You see, by apologizing, we instantly change the nature of the engagement from one of accusation to one of reconciliation. It takes the focus off who was responsible for what and shifts it to making amends. To be very clear, this isn't an admission of guilt. In most cases, we'll never agree on who was the wrongdoer. And even if we can prove it empirically, that isn't going to make anyone feel better. But one thing we definitely are guilty of is losing our temper. So we can at least apologize for that. And in doing so, we redirect the tone of the conversation in a more productive direction. The second step is to forgive the person and ourselves. 
we forgive them for getting angry at us and we forgive ourselves for losing our cool. Forgiveness is key because it purges us of our anger. It is impossible to feel anger and forgiveness at the same time. So by expressing forgiveness, we force the anger out of our system and replace it with a much more pleasant feeling. So those two steps form the fast double sorry. First apologize, then forgive. Simple, right? Just remember that both you and the person that you are confronting need to be on board with this strategy before the conflict happens. So it works best with someone you spend a lot of time with, like a partner, family member, or close friend. You can start by sharing this lesson with them and getting them on the same page. Walk them through the process and make sure that you are both committed to trying this out. This method requires moving quickly before things escalate. It should be deployed as soon as either of you detects anger or defensiveness. Make it instinctual like a knee-jerk reaction. At the first hint of the blame game spinning up, blurt out the apologies and forgive each other. But don't stop there. Once we've purged our anger and indignation through the forgiveness, we are in a prime mental space for problem solving. What does this problem solving look like? Well, a great place to start is with some good old-fashioned empathetic listening. Understand what each side is feeling and why they feel that way. Step into their shoes and see things from their perspective. Then discuss ways to avoid repeating that type of conflict in the future. What can both parties do to reduce the likelihood of such a confrontation? While every argument is unique, most stem from a shared behavior or point of friction. If you can identify that common source, you can eliminate a wide range of potential future confrontations before they ever even happen. So give this a shot the next time you feel your blood beginning to boil. Don't expect to ace it the first time, but with practice and commitment from both parties, you will be amazed at how quickly you can turn a wildfire into a cozy campfire. So now that I shared our thoughts, I would love to hear your own strategies for de-escalating conflict. What works for you? How do you put it into action before things get too heated? Share that with me and the Exploring community in the comments down below. And if you love this lesson, please be sure to let me know. You can give this video a thumbs up on YouTube. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to join our tribe of Exploring so that you never miss a lesson. And if you ring that bell, you'll get notified about our new lessons and our weekly live streams. Email this video to a friend or a coworker who also wants to supercharge their social skills. And while we're at it, feel free to also share it with your friends on social media as well. And remember, the write-ups of these lessons are always available on our blog at explorning.co slash blog. With that, have an awesome week, Explorers. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'll see you next time for your next Exploring lesson. Be exploring.